All right, let's bring on Giles Coglin here, the analyst at HYCM. Welcome back, Giles. Mitch, it's great to be here. I was excited, looking forward to speaking to you today. So I'm glad we managed to iron out all the issues, and here we are. Definitely. That's all that matters is that we got you on here. And so the last time I've had you on, of course, we didn't have that CPI data. We got that surprise in the CPI yeah. data. So I wanted to know your thoughts on inflation and where do you think we're heading from here? Yeah, well, that was a really good opportunity. I took some great gold and silver shorts on that hot CPI. Because we're, thinking, remember, we're talking about it. I remember yeah. that, Giles. And if you remember going into that hot CPI that we had last Tuesday, market analysts were expecting headline inflation to fall to 8.1%, down from the prior 8.5%. So the word on the street was that, oh, phew, we're going to see the second consecutive fall in headline inflation, which means the narrative builds that we're past peak inflation and the Fed can start thinking about slowing the pace of interest rates. Then we had the headline print, 8.3%, above the forecast, and in line with the highest expectation. The core inflation was also in line with the high expectation, and the month-on-month core. So instead of inflation dropping, inflation was showing that it was stickier, And in particular, we saw high increases in rental cost. So all of a sudden, the market thought, oh, no, that Fed soft landing that we began to anticipate, we have to reprice. And that's why we saw the Nasdaq, the Dow, the S&P 500 fall like four, five, six percent, depending on which index it was. We saw the DAX fall. We saw Euro stocks fall. We saw the dollar surge. And we saw gold and silver tumble. Now, that was the catalyst for me to take some gold and silver shorts and try to benefit from that sudden repricing. So that means I'm excited this week because now we're going to actually hear from the Federal Reserve and begin to get a sense of where they're going to be taking us. And that could potentially open up another set of opportunities in the Dow, the Nasdaq, uh, the S&P 500, gold, silver and the dollar. So that's where I'm at uh, now, Mitch. Now, of course, uh, some traders are starting to weigh on, of course, the interest rate hike. And um, I'm still in the camp kind of more the 75 basis points. But do you think 100 basis points? Is it off the table? Well, Mitch, you know me. I don't try to, I don't make my money by projecting exactly what's going to happen. I'm more likely to respond to what does happen, but I will have an opinion. And so my opinion is the 75 basis point hike, it is 100% priced in. I wouldn't be surprised if they went 100 basis points because they want to show that they're on top of inflation. And when you go back to the 1980s, and remember, many of these uh, guys are going to remember the 80s and that high inflation. When inflation uh, went to double digits and up and up and up, heading towards 20%, and interest rates went to 20%. So I think there is a case for hiking aggressively. Because inflation, once it gets uh, root into economy, it's it's really poisonous. But the Fed is behind the curve. And that's the difficulty. Because if they keep hiking aggressively, they could end up bringing down the economy far too quickly when eventually inflation and the interest rate bites. I remember that's the problem that central bankers have around the world is they keep hiking interest rates. But the effect isn't felt into the economy to sort of like three, four, five, six months later. So 
getting that timing right is crucial. So that's why they said that they're looking at going up to like four, four and a half percent and then pausing. So they want to buy themselves some time, but they want to err almost a little bit on the side of caution by being a little bit more aggressive than less aggressive. So that would make sense of a hundred basis points hike. That 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 would make sense. Yeah, and it, I mean, to, in my eyes, at least from the small time that I've been investing, is uh, I've seen it also that the Fed loves to play extreme. So them playing extreme to the other side wouldn't be anything different. I mean, in the pandemic side, they were extremely supportive. So yeah. it's it would make yeah. sense for me to be on the opposite side for them to get more in extreme restrictive policy. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's what this next step, this next step is for. And of what course, think, this is, and this is where the opportunity lies, Mitch, because yeah. um, markets are expecting them to be aggressive. That's what we saw the reaction to the CPI. So say they come out and say they hike by 75 basis points, but they start to say, well, we, 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 we've seen some concerns about the US economy. We, we don't want to push too far, too soon. Any language that's perceived as the Fed showing a willingness and or ability to slow down the path of rates, maybe not peak to that four and a half percent terminal rate that's kind of anticipated. If there's any hint of that, then we will quickly see the dollar fall, 10 year yields, yields fall, and that would be a great opportunity to short the dollar yen. Because remember the Bank of Japan, they got very itchy with the dollar yen up at that 145. Remember we had, they were asking for the the fixing rate, the Bank of Japan. They were also saying, you know, uh, how nervous they were about the weakness of the yen. And then they had a meeting of the BOJ, the Ministry of Finance and the FSA. Now, those three are able to move the yen. So they were saying to the market, we're worried about this weakness in the yen and we can move it. So I think the best opportunity that I could see would come from a dovish Fed and then it'll be shorting the dollar yen, but also going long silver with the gold silver price ratio still quite high. Silver should outperform gold if there's reasons to buy either of them. So that that's sort of my dream scenario would be a dovish Fed and it would be shorting the dollar yen going long silver. That, that makes sense to me from the risk reward perspective, from a fundamental perspective and in terms of the opportunity with what other central banks are doing around the world. Yeah, I mean, I, I've been seeing the currency talks and it seems like they're really kind of getting to, you know, a more heightened stage. I've been seeing a lot of oh, yen Mitch, talk. Uh, explain to me talk. what's going on, uh, what's going on in the dollar, what's going on in currency. This is a wonderful time because remember, we've had this long period of interest rates being sort of flat across the board. Well, how do you differentiate the different currencies when interest rates are virtually identical? So now what we're seeing is different central banks moving at different rates. And I expect this to develop further because some economies are going to do better than others. Some are going to be able to stimulate growth. Some are going to see growth falling behind. And that's going to really differentiate currencies nicely from each each other. And already we're seeing these short term deviations providing excellent opportunities in FX markets. We saw, you know, a little bit of a miss from the Canadian jobs data uh, last Friday, providing, you know, another short scalpable opportunity. And this week, we got the Bank of Japan, the Swiss National Bank, the Bank of England, the Federal Reserve, all meeting, all with their particular nuances and particular areas that we need to focus on. 
each providing different opportunities. This, I'm going to Dubai in a couple of weeks and I'm, I'm leading a two-day course and I'm starting off speaking on FX because I think this is a great time to be involved in FX. And with these interest rates suddenly rising, then you're gonna see some central banks slowing, some speeding up, and that creates a great differential, good bond yield spread uh, moves. So I'm excited about FX, as you can tell, Mitch. Definitely, and I will go ahead and give our audience an opportunity that's out there. Catch the HYCM webinar that comes out on Mondays. Um, you don't want to miss that. I, I definitely think that this is definitely a time where you guys, if you never if you never dove into kind of the forex market or understanding currency, this is an exciting time right now. Yeah. Um, there's been times that I can tell you when I first started, it wasn't as exciting in kind of 2018 to talk Forex. And now it's been kind of the forefront in the trade. And I think it's going to be something that we can all kind of look at opportunities and not always just trading, always just in kind of equity markets about, you know, overall stock market moves. But Forex looks really interesting here. I mean, FX is hard, Mitch. It's a really hard market. Yeah, it's so there's a lot of wisdom in staying with stocks. And particularly if you're new and beginning, like, you know, don't don't come and fiddle around with FX. Stocks is, is, is much more straightforward. Um, but this reminds me of like 2009, 2010, when we started to see some pretty big FX moves. So that's the kind of vibes that, that I'm picking up. And definitely, if you've been in FX markets for a while, or you can follow someone who knows them well, there will be some good opportunities ahead. Excellent. Now, what do you like moving forward? I'm going to give you a little bit of a way here. I know a lot of people are thinking, is it, do you think oil goes higher or natural gas or maybe both? You know, oil is really difficult yeah. because there's so many different drivers with oil at the moment. There's structurally a lack of supply in the oil market. There's just been a reluctance to invest in oil markets because it's just not politically um, really attractive. Who wants to say we're going to invest in fossil fuels? No one. Who wants to say to investors, we're going to put lots of money into drilling oil uh, wells? It's not kind of sexy as it were. So that's meant there's been a structural underinvestment in oil markets, which should keep oil supported and underpinned. We are also expecting demand to keep up. And even though there's been lots of talk about electric vehicles, green energy, there's nowhere near enough electric and green energy supply to do away with oil. So oil's entering a really good period. And as soon as the economy shows any signs of turning, I just expect oil to keep gaining again. So I, I see medium term upside for oil. But how you time that would be very difficult. And I would just use major tech levels to enter into oil. Nat gas is really being pushed and pulled around by the Russian Ukraine crisis. So if the Russian Ukraine crisis fades, I'd expect Nat gas uh, to drop sharply lower as well. So I'd see that that would be very susceptible to event risk going forward. But energy markets are particularly tricky with, you know, is it the US-Iran deal? Is it inventory levels? Is it the Russian-Ukraine crisis? Um, is it, you know, the, the latest oil spill from Iraq? There's suddenly reasons to buy and sell almost each day. So it's been a very difficult market. And I, I haven't made many trades in oil because of that. But medium term, structurally, I do see upside in the market and deep pullbacks from major tech levels 
in my book would be suitable for buying just like anything make sure you, you manage your risk well yeah always that's always what comes first now last thing i'll leave off of is agricultural commodities and do you see any trends kind of coming up here commodities the best sort of trends i see in commodities not so much in agricultural commodities that i've been noticing but that's because i'm not so much in touch with those markets mitch um in commodities generally the only exciting commodity that i'm wanting to get involved in is with gold i still think it has a lot of upside on that stagflationary narrative but this is not the time to buy gold because the dollar's so high real yields are so high so it just keeps dropping so I'm looking to get into gold. There's a very strong seasonal pattern for gold and silver around the end of the year. So they tend to gain sharply from about December the 24th through to about the middle of February on a seasonal basis. So an ideal world would be that's when the Fed starts showing some signs of pausing around the December meeting. And then perhaps you could see a good run higher in gold and silver. Apart from that, uh, commodities like nickel, lithium should gain on electric vehicle demand over the long term. Copper has structural reasons for gain. It's pressured at the moment on global growth risk. But should we see a turn in sentiment that I would expect those sort of base metals to gain again, commodities like iron ore, copper. But for me, it's just getting that timing right. So that's that's all I've got, Mitch, but I haven't got anything more specific. I don't follow agricultural commodities very much. No worries. The last thing I'll leave off of, is there any catalyst that you feel investors are just not focusing on that we should kind of keep on watch? Well, I think there's one thing that you know, some beginner investors struggle with is when they think of like uh, central bank policy meetings, they might think, oh, OK, over here, you've got the Bank of Japan and then you've got the Swiss National Bank and then you've got the BOE. And you might think of them like, players on a Cluedo board or a game of Monopoly, they're all equal. But actually they're not. The Federal Reserve is the most influential central bank in the entire world. And where the Fed go, the rest of the world, to a larger or greater extent, essentially follow. So that's why the Federal Reserve's meetings are incredibly important. And particularly for stocks. I would say if you look at the seasonal pattern for stocks they tend to gain very strongly around the 31st of october through to the end of april it's a pattern that repeats itself over and over again so if i was looking at buying in medium term into major indexes or understanding the big narrative you have to focus on the federal reserve and how they're going to respond to inflation how they're going to respond to u.s economic growth and what the terminal u.s rates will be that will underpin uh, the majority of financial moves across a whole range of markets. So if there was one thing that I had to stress to either a beginner investor or maybe an experienced investor that hasn't quite got the significance of the Federal Reserve is watch the Fed because that will set the tone. And once that tone is set from the Federal Reserve, then the old adage is true. Don't fight the Fed. Just go with it. Definitely. Don't fight the Fed. I think it don't was... Fight the uh... Fed. Definitely. Uh, well, there's a song, Mitch, in the UK. Yeah. I think it was. I, I can't. I think it was the Clash. Or, uh, someone, one of your listeners, would bring. I fought the law, and the law won. Sometimes oh, I'm still rocking to that tune. Yeah, <laughs> I fought the law, and the law won. Do you know what I mean? So you know, don't fight the Fed. Don't you know? Be sensible, right? Yeah, and we'll see if there's any mention for any reason that they could flip a little bit. We'll see. We'll see. Yes, that. and it'll be it'll be a subtle narrative. We are looking. At, absolute shades of gray so it's quite a tricky um 
central bank meeting to trade, but remember where the expectations are, they're really high. So if they don't deliver on that high bar, then we could have a buy the rumor, sell the fat response. So I wouldn't be surprised to see the dollar uh, selling off. And if the dollar did sell off, it would be dollar yen downside, which I'd like, because everyone's worried about the Bank of Japan intervening in the yen, you see. Yeah. And if you notice, did you notice how 10 year yields have been moving higher? But what's the dollar yen been doing? It's been moving sideways. Now that's strange. And the only explanation is because the Bank of Japan has spooked the market to think that if you're going to short the yen, we might at any moment, without giving any notice, buy lots of yen. And that's worried investors. But once you're, once you're going long the yen and you've got reason to, then great, you've got the Bank of Japan backing you up rather than you facing the Bank of Japan. Yeah, we'll see if we get some tailwinds there. Appreciate you coming on, Giles. Like always, uh, it's always a pleasure to have you on. You have great understanding, not only into uh, market sentiment, but Forex, different areas. I always appreciate you coming on, Joss. Mitch, I really look forward to this meeting and uh, I look forward to our next one again. Definitely, Giles. We'll have you back on and I'll see what I get out of the FOMC meeting this week and we'll retry it back out. Have yeah, that's one, lovely, Mitch. Take care now. Thank you, everyone. Take care. Good-